small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Mike Ziegel. And today, Mike and I are not in the room together. We are actually social distancing by about, what, 15 or 20 miles? Something like that. Yeah. You are down. Yeah, on, a rainy, on a rainy Friday morning. It's, very, it's pouring down rain here in Woodland Hills, and I, I welcome it because we never get rain. Although one of our gutters fell off uh, three fell days off. ago. Just fell off. <laughs> and I, it, was, it was like hanging down. And I didn't even notice it. And then we had a, a plumber was out for something. He goes, how long has your gutter been like that? And I looked up, I'm like, I have no idea. I heard <laughs> you it. Didn't see, what you didn't see was him tearing it down uh, <laughs> about 20 minutes earlier. Yeah, I was, uh, I said to him, I go, I did hear a crash like two days ago. And I was like, what the hell was that? I go, but I, I've been outside and never, just never looked up. I don't did look the up. the bolts just rust or something? Or yeah, it just, the, was the wood rotted? But I think a little bit of both. Right. So I got an estimate for new, complete new gutters on the front of the house. You never know. It's like in, in L.A., you never know, like, the last time. There's nothing like a rainfall to remind you when the last time you changed your wiper blades were. Yep. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I've never changed my wiper blades. Yeah. And it's just like smearing yeah. across the... <laughs> and making just <laughs> like, a, a horrible noise. You know, bouncing on, on your windshield. Yeah, the worst. Yeah, the, and we've been in this house for 12 years now, so I keep looking around and I'm like, oh, I know some stuff's going to start happening. Yeah. You know, we're going to have to start to do some uh, well, you some maintenance. the AC. Did we, well, that was for upstairs, though, not for the main house. Still, you had to do it. We had to do it, yeah. So um, You've never had any plumbing issues or anything? No, no. Plumbing's, plumbing seems to all be good. Um, That's good. What else? Electrical. Electrical is fine. Roof, the roof is not leaking. That's the one thing when it when it, when you get a rain like this and the roof doesn't leak, you're like, okay, I think we're still good. But yeah. I, I would think we would need a new roof soon. Do you ever have to uh, roto rooter and snake your uh, your line? Yeah, we've sword? had to do that a, a couple of times. Yeah, that's gonna happen. The roots, you yeah. know, grow into it. Yeah, yeah. we've had to do that. Uh, we we actually need new windows, and Pilar's like, our windows are fine. I'm like, really? Because we have to prop them all up with a stick. I go so because they're like those original old windows, just a single pane, heavy right. wood, and the the whatever the uh, whatever the apparatus is that that makes them stay up. Yeah. No, they're Doesn't just work. no, they're just dead weight. You lift them up and you put a stick in it. You put a stick in there, and then yeah. you put a pie in the window, like little rascals. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, you know, and then a talking cat comes and steals it. <laughs> right. But yeah, so whenever she says we don't need win the windows are fine, I'm like, no, no, none of the windows are fine. <laughs> we had new windows in uh, Ezra's bedroom, and we had new windows in our bedroom. But and plus, so if you want to do them efficient, like do like the double pane, like yeah. insulated, and keep that's expensive. Well, there's companies that will come out. They're like, oh, we'll do we'll do up to eleven windows for this set price, and but our windows have this crisscross wood pattern oh. that Pilar really likes. She's like, oh, but the windows are so pretty. And, and, and she's they like, don't make those anymore. I don't think they do. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although my one friend told me that some companies put that crisscross between the two panes oh. so that visually it looks 
aesthetically oh, pleasing, yeah. but then it's easy to clean because you're not like, that's another thing I told her, I go, you know, when I clean these windows, I'm not cleaning one window. I got to clean like 12 mini windows, windows. Yeah. and it's, and she doesn't clean the windows. I do. So of course it doesn't bother her. Of course. Why would it? Tell that, well, she's got a nice uh, house husband there. To yeah. 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 I got to do all the stuff. Well, you got a daughter there that could help you. If she didn't sleep until four in the if, afternoon. If I could get her to pick the clothes up off her floor and put them in the hamper that's also in her bedroom. Like, what are Rita's chores? Like, I, I mean, my chores growing up, and probably the same as yours, I had to mow the lawn mm -hmm. and shovel in the winter. Yes. Those are the two main ones. Uh, and then, you know, take out garbage. But I still had to, but I always had to, like, you know, keeping my room clean was not a chore. It was just, like, something I had to do. You know what I mean? We had, um, we had individual uh, air conditioning units in the windows of all the bedrooms because our house was old, is old. And so it doesn't have central air. Now it does now, but when yeah. I was a kid, it didn't. So my job was to take those air conditioning units, which, you know, back then they weighed, I don't know how much yeah. <laughs> they weighed like a, a, an, an old TV would weigh, like they were super sure. heavy. And so I did, I, in the winter, I had to take them out of the windows and take them up to the attic. And then in the summer, bring them down from the attic and put them in all the windows. It's brutal. <laughs> yeah. But my dad's like, I can't do it. So yeah, I would do it. Because he's got, you know, and now, now if you try to do it, the, uh, you're 50 something back. Yeah, I couldn't do it now. <laughs> no. 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 We're a bunch of wusses now. I know. But I was wondering what kids out in, in California do for their, you know, they always, every, every house has a guy, you know, named Juan that comes by and does the lawn. Yeah. Every week. Yeah, we have a pool guy yeah. and we got the yeah, we got the lawn guy. There's no. no snow to shovel. It was like what what do they do? He will empty the dishwasher. But oh. <laughs> I know. Okay. I know. But I mean I do it so much that any break from that but she doesn't do it all the time. And she doesn't do it when I ask her to. Like I'll go, Can you empty the dishwasher? Because there's dishes in the sink that need to go in the dishwasher and I can't do that unless the dishwasher's empty. I'm in the middle of homework. I'm like all right, so then I just end up doing it because I can't stand looking at dishes in the dish in the sink. Me either. Me either. Does she want to drive? She does want to drive. Ezra didn't want to drive. Right. right? Ezra's learning right now at college. One of her college friends is teaching them. Uh, yeah. Rita does want to learn, and we'll do that once the weather gets a little better. And and you have to go to the DMV to get your permit. Yeah. So we can't. We're not doing that right now either. I went to the DMV. Uh, couple months ago well yeah first week of december because i want to get one of those real ids you know that you can fly with yeah i got one okay yeah so i had to go in and i also had to change my i never changed my address okay um, but, and uh so i finally had to do all that i'll do it all at once so i brave the dmv we socially distance we do all that stuff you know and it was you know it, it, it i tried to go on the like on a wednesday afternoon when no one was there and it was still, uh, I was in and out about 45 minutes. But, yeah. you know, it, it, was, it wasn't easy. That's a hassle. And I had to get a new photo. And they said, oh, we'll send it within the next couple of weeks. Nothing. Nothing? How long ago was that? That was first week of December. And finally, I had to call them back two weeks ago and say, this never came. You're like, well, where it says is it? We uh, sent it and said it arrived there. Talk to your mailman. Yeah. I'm going to talk to my mailman. Hey, hey, have you seen a piece of mail uh, a month and a half ago? You know what I do? You know what? I think it's here. I think it's right here in this other in my bag. I, I keep meaning to give it to you. So then I, they said, okay, we'll send you a new one. 
And this was after a long wait on the phone. Right. Actually calling because the website is useless. I don't yeah. know if you've been to any government website. I know. It's like they, they made it on MS-DOS and never changed it. Why don't they hire some 20-year-old kid to revamp all those websites? Oh, it's the worst. And then I finally had to call. I'm sure I'm calling somewhere in Sacramento. And they're telling me, yeah, we'll send you a new one. Seven to ten business days. I'm still waiting. And it's been a couple weeks. So now, if it doesn't come this week, it just they figure, I'm not going back in that place. They I'm figure, not, well, he's not going anywhere. He doesn't need it. Yeah, I mean, normally I'd say, well, if I was usually out of town, maybe I missed the mail. But I've, I've been here. I'm here. Right. So I don't know where it could have. And then I asked him, like, well, can somebody use my ID for something, a fraud or some kind of thing? Well, you know, maybe if they look like you. <laughs> like, All right. Oh, what? Wow. I mean, that's you, very, reass- I know, very reassuring. I don't know what Pennsylvania did, but when I was growing up in Illinois, they put your social security number on your yes. license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I had a fake ID and I had to re- memorize my buddy's social security number. Yep. That was safe, huh? <laughs> Just for the people that have never listened to the show before I have to do this character. I didn't tune in here for domestic house yeah, talk. I didn't do good. We're catching up. I thought this was music talk. Yeah, we're under quarantine. Calm down, fuckers. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so our topic today is Boogie and the Blues. And because my theory has always been that if a song title has the word boogie or the word blues in the title, it's usually a shitty song. That's what yeah, I, that's, that's what I thought. I, I no. So either I'll be proved wrong today or I'll be proved right. But I did see your song list and I was like, oh, these are some pretty good songs. So, right. um, yeah, see, I mean, I took some good ones. I got a, I got a stinker in there. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, did you, did you go your way and uh, pick some duds? Um, no, because when I was looking through my iTunes, I was like, I just picked ones that weren't your songs and ones, a couple that I had in my head that I would definitely pick. So, um, so that's how, that's where we're at. Boogie and the Blues. Are you talking into your microphone? I don't know if your microphone's working. It sounds like you're talking into your laptop. Well, when I talk into my microphone, I can hear it in my headphones and the microphone audio is going into the board. So okay. may, you might be able to hear me. Maybe you're hearing me through my laptop. Let me lean in. Oh. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I am hearing that. Okay, so you're hearing me through the laptop, but everyone else is, I'm being recorded oh, through my the mic. they're getting the real sound. They're getting, getting the real the sound. sound. Yes. Does the, <laughs> okay. What's the microphone on the laptop sound like to you? Not great? No, it sounds like people talking to a laptop mic, which... It's serviceable. I yeah. mean, I, I know what you're saying, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, the farther you're away from it, the worse you'll sound because well, it I'm, picks up all the room noise. Well, this room, the good thing is in this room's good because yeah, there's not a lot of room you're in a quiet noise. room, but I'm always amazed when I see, I've bitched about this before, mm-hmm. and I'm much of people that are like reporters on TV, like on news programs yeah. and in sports programs, they're doing it, obviously talking into their... Get a good mic. Yeah, get a good mic. I can't mic. believe their producers didn't force them to just take this mic, a USB, put it in, because you sound like shit. You sound you like crap, yeah. And you're on TV. You're on every day. It's like they're doing it from their phones. So like, who are you, Dennis DeYoung? Yeah, especially, yeah. Don't be on, on your, your lap, on your iPad and your, la- your old man lap. Oh, my God. Propped up on your old man boner. <laughs> All right. He's, he sounded like shit. And then he know, did. And that, was, admit it. and that was the first uh, that was the first Zoom interview I did. So I was like, eh, this works, but not 
No, it's not great, but then okay, it, for, it, it's gotten yeah. better. For an audio podcast, if you talk to musicians, which you do mm -hmm. every week, you telling me they don't have a microphone in the house? I know, especially when behind behind a <laughs> lot of a lot of them behind them, I see like a whole you know audio setup, guitars yeah. and a billion dollars worth of sound equipment. Yeah, and you know, yeah, he's talking into a laptop. Yeah, Vernon Reed, know, an iPad. Vernon Reed was in his recording studio room at his house, and he didn't sound great. But I, I felt like if we rescheduled or we took too long trying to figure it out, I might lose him for good. So. I just powered through that one. But um, could that be the only, you know, online interview that he's done? I mean, um, or some of uh, them are just like you do a lot of interviews. Yeah. You know, be between you and radio shows and you know what I mean? Yeah. Some people do tell me, oh, yeah, I've never really done one of these. <laughs> okay. So it's, you know what I mean? It is what it is. I, I, yeah. I get they're older and stuff, but yeah. at least they're not Slim Jim Phantom taking it at lunch in a diner. <laughs> No, his counterpart Lee Rocker was much more professional. Yeah, he was great. He was really I heard cool. That interview. Yeah, and I had I'm, some great people on. Thank you. And now we have you. And then, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who canceled? That's what I want to know. Who canceled? No one canceled. This isn't even going to drop till I don't know March. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, really? Is it not? I think March fourth. Okay, we'll make this timeless then. I won't bring up any dates or anything. Talk whatever but you know. I haven't no seen you in a while. I still need books. I still, I've, I've worked through the three books yeah. you had. Not in person, but we see each other every Sunday night. On Zoom, yeah. For poker. And you won this week. I can't believe it. Would yeah, you? Everybody went to bed in the late game, and I outlasted Chip. Yeah, and it was, you were down low. You were like on your way out, and then you and came back and won happened. the whole thing. Yeah, it's almost impossible. I, For yeah. me, for me, once I get to 2,000 chips, I'm almost like, no, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, and it helps if one of the big fish are out early. Yeah. Like, Jack didn't even play, so that's one less you know, guy yeah. that's going to kill me. And then uh, somehow Murray got out early. Yeah, the three— and Murray crushes us. Yeah, the three guys that are great are Murray, Chip, and Jack. Yeah. And you, it's just like a given that one of them is going to be in first, second, or third— yeah. And Gilmartin and uh, Dwyer are just uh, way up or way down. They're just like big. Yeah. They're aggressive. So they, they either lose big or win big, but they're, you know, and they I, usually do better than not. And, and then there's me, you, and Schmitty and Goebel, who are yeah. the bottom half. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just trying to get better every week. So this You are getting better. Yeah. You're so much better than when we started. Oh, my God. But I'm still, the, I'm still just so people know, I'm the biggest uh, loser so far. We've played 37 weeks in a row. And I think I've lost, well, I'm not even going to say, but anyway. Well, you, you've also played every single week. I've played so. every single week, every single game, because we play two games uh, on Sunday, yeah. back and to I'm back. And I'm going to say, if Goble played as much as you, he would be the big He would be the big loser. Yeah, I, I've never missed a game, because I really enjoy it. And uh, we, we What got, else we got to do? Really? I know. And that time's blocked out. That's why when someone can't make it, it's crazy to me, because I have a wife and kids, and we, we've blocked that time out. Oh, no, that's daddy's time for... His fun time with the poker. Well, you have been pretty disciplined in, in staying in, you and your whole family. We've been very disciplined. Other people go places. Yeah, we, we haven't gone anywhere. Which just, uh, that's why if I got it, I would be so pissed. I'd right. be like super pissed. <laughs> like, I'd be pissed anyway, but I'd be super pissed because I'm like, we haven't fucking gone anywhere. Where'd I get it? From a package? I wipe those off still. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, what, I, okay, go ahead. Go no, ahead. okay. Uh, you go ahead. Say your last thing. 
No, it's just like somebody gave me, I, I told somebody, uh, I was given a gift of a, a, a manicure and a pedicure, mm-hmm. like a spa treatment, which I've never that. had. Yeah, I love it. And she told me, it's like, oh, I have somebody come to my house and they're very safe and it's outdoors and just like, I said, yeah, I'm going to take a rain check on that <laughs> because one time I've been really careful. Right. The one time I do, it's like, what do you think you got it? Well, there, there's that one day I got a manicure. Yeah, a what? <laughs> yeah, and if you've never, never had one in my life, yeah, but I so you don't need a pandemic was the perfect time. Yeah, yeah. there's for a me to be five foot, uh, you know, a foot from right. a stranger. Oh, leprosy's going around. Sure, I buff <laughs> buff my big toe. Uh, first of all, you said who canceled to do this? You are slumming it today because you are now a uh, Wall Street Journal uh, yes. writer. I- well, I've joined the ranks of Murray Valeriano. But you got you got the photo. What do they call that picture? What do they call the picture that they make? Oh, she she told me what it was, but it's like that little dot matrix pixelated. Yeah, Murray didn't get photo. that. Yeah, oh, he didn't. No, because I think his oh. his his article was like on the comic strip page or something. But you're. <laughs> but yeah, that well, was cool. Yeah. So you sent a picture to them, and then they did that from the picture. Yeah, they you asked sent. me for a headshot, mm-hmm. so I just sent them. Just like, do you have a headshot? I was like, do I? How many do you want? <laughs> I got 50 of them from over 20 years. But uh, yeah, so I sent a few and they picked one and they just, they did that to it. And then, uh, and then there was an illustration as well. Yeah. And it's cool. uh, which I didn't expect on any of that. So yeah, for people who haven't found it, it's there in the life and, well, the travel section or life and arts. I can't remember what it is. Yeah. The weekend. It's out there. Look, I, I posted it on the Facebook page. I think I put a link on the Twitter, all that stuff. Yeah, thanks. And um, it was about uh, my uh, doing comedy on cruise ships. Yeah, it's good. Really Thank good. You. How many words? 800 words. 800. That's what you're li- And that's harder than you think. I mean, it's just like, it's a lot of editing. But what you're going you to... You're saying you're carefully. saying when you wrote it, it was longer than 800 Way words. Over. It's harder to get it down. 800 goes by pretty quick. Yeah, it, 800 it, goes by pretty quick. And then there was a couple, you know, she made it, edits and wanted changes. And mm-hmm. so that was probably like the third or fourth draft. And how much uh, how much better did she make it from what you sent her? Um, you know, it wasn't about. I thought the first one I was pretty <laughs> good. Yeah, but you know, it's they censor as well as because I made jokes about what I couldn't couldn't say on the cruise ships. Yeah, and they're just as uptight and clean and paranoid about right. that. So like, they, yeah, we don't really say that. We don't. And I went okay. We don't really say smoking cock. Yeah. <laughs> In our paper, so yeah. you might want to. But they have a tone, and they have what they're, and she wanted more information about certain things, and you know, because we t- the last paragraph, a couple paragraphs are about the. We pandemic. changed we changed finger blast to heavy petting, <laughs> so I hope that's okay with you. Yeah. All right. There's the dirty portion of the show. That's why we have it. We're explicit. Okay. Mike, Boogie and the... That came from you, by the way. It came from me. You swear swear more on this show than you do in person. I don't swear, uh, and that's true. It should be the opposite. You know that, right? Yeah, I'm trying to be... uh, I'm trying to be... uh, I'm trying to get the young people to listen. Yeah. Oh, that guy's cool. He said... Get a clean rating. (laughs) All right, Boogie and the Blues, uh, I have your songs in the order that you sent them, but you can call out any song you want at any time. I didn't know. I sent all blues first, and then I sent all uh, Boogie... Yeah, so I just made my list. Do you want to do it same. that way, or do you want to alternate, or what do you want? You can call whatever you want at any time. It doesn't matter. Well, you to me. start it up then. You want I me want to, to start it up? You, yeah, I want to see where you where you went with this. All right. Well, I started with a song from an album that I always say 
is not the best album by this band. It's a Rolling Stone song. Oh, it's, can I guess the album? It, yes. Uh, not the best album. Everyone it, says this is the best Stones album, but I say it's not. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the, the Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, yes. There's a lot of... Uh, it's like the White Album. You could you could boil it down to one single awesome album. I think so. I think there's uh, I think there's 17 or 18 songs on this album, and I think at 12 it would be stellar. This is one of the ones I would remove. This is a little thing called Casino Boogie on Rock Solid. That's no rip this joint, is it? <laughs> they also have, isn't Ventilator Blues on that one? So they also have a blues on that one. Well, Mike, maybe you wait for later in my oh, playlist. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's... I bet we uh, could do this subject on just Stone songs alone. Probably, probably. Hold on a second. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting a shakedown from the, my wife. Yes, honey? Did Rita go to school this morning? Rita did go to school this morning. And is she sleeping until her next? She said she doesn't have another class today. Okay. So she is back to sleep. Huh. Okay. Wait a minute. Is that how you run your school over there? Well, yeah. Well, so, so she can get up and go to school and then go back to sleep? Well, on some days, she has like a couple hours between two of her classes. So, yeah. The kid stays up till four in the morning. Oh, gosh. She it's, is, like, it's like chaos over there. She's on a Mike Schmidt schedule right now that she can't shake. <laughs> And it's it's hard to enforce it. It's hard to make someone go to sleep. It's difficult. So yeah. we're kind of letting it fly. Now, if she had to get up in the morning and actually get in the car and drive to school, she would get on her schedule pretty you yeah, know, quickly. Yeah. But Did you our, say hi to Pilar for me? I didn't because she, she was standing there like a ghost. And she just kept like, <laughs> she was like doing all kind of like sign language. And I go, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, we're recording. Doing something. Yeah, we're doing something. Tell her you're working with me. God damn it. I should lock that door. It's got a lock on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, so that uh, that's Casino Boogie. Uh, I don't know how you feel. I mean, that's, that's one I skip. I don't listen to that one. Here's the thing about heroin, Pat. It adds to a lot of filler on an album. <laughs> that's true. There's a great documentary <laughs> on the making of that album. Well, not only was the band strung out, the producer was strung out. Yeah. And yeah, that's th- gonna that's gonna lead to a lot of sessions that go nowhere. And I think Charlie Watts was uh, was not he was clean. I think or trying to stay clean, so he didn't even stay at the house. He would drive like two hours every day to record and then drive home. Yeah, I think I don't think Bill Wyman stayed there either. No, but yeah, everybody else it was it was a mess. Yeah, that's when Keith is losing. Keith's like, teeth hey, are Keith, falling out. Oh my god! Maybe Keith is up. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's not. Yeah, maybe yeah. But if maybe he is up, it's time to it's time to jam. <laughs> yeah, and then you get Boogie and Blues. Yeah, uh, Casino Boogie. Okay, what do you got for us? Well, this is an album I love. 
White City. I think you're a fan too of the Pete Townsend album. I uh, own it. White uh, City. I own it on um, vinyl, even brand new, 180 vinyl. gram vinyl. Woo, yeah, what I, year did this come out? It was in the 80s. I know. 85. 85. Okay, yeah. It's really remember. kind of his last proper solo album. Yeah, and then they uh, did the the Who fire up again after that, or did he... I guess he just stopped? Uh, you know, he's released like compilations of demos, and he released something called the the Iron Man, which was a like a musical version of the Iron Giant because he owns the right. rights. But he, this is his last proper solo album, and that's how many years ago is that now? Thirty five. Uh, Thirty five years yeah. ago. Well, I think it was, and you know, I think it was clean during this whole. Yeah. Part. And so, uh, no, this is a great album. And it is. this is called uh, Brilliant Blues. And this is a great song, too. Mm-hmm. Proving me wrong. A single, I believe. To preach. So help me. That's fun. Yeah, that's a great song. And by the way, folks, we're a half hour in. We've played two songs, so buckle up. I didn't do <laughs> I didn't know we were going to have school talk with Pat's wife. <laughs> Let's hear more about Pat's gutters. <laughs> okay, now this one, Mike, this next one is from 2011. This is from an artist named Alice Cooper. Hey, Alice. This is from a sequel album called Welcome... And then the number two, My Nightmare. Oh. And this is... a uh, welcome to My Nightmare. And you can tell me if you like this or not. This is Disco Bloodbath Boogie Fever. <laughs> Here you are in the club with your bottle full of blood. You got grill, you got bling, but player, you don't know a thing. Put your hands in the air, stick them up like you don't care. Face the wall, count to ten, we move. All right, not a good song. What I, do I have an intro for that song? Is there is there some sort of intro that could be played? It's so funny because I, I uh, I'm using that intro on something else, but I mean, <laughs> if we have to. Hey you! It's a seagull stinkeroo. Wow, that was horrible. Yeah, that was bad, right? You got. You got to put that right up there with Disco Duck, don't you? I mean, that's that's terrible. If you would have told me maybe that came out around Disco Duck making fun of Disco, mm-hmm. that's that's awful. But the sad thing what is, is I, think, I think it's supposed to be bad. I don't think that's supposed to be good. You know what I mean? But it's not. It's one of his, he's trying to be. You know, it's, it's not bad enough to be satirical, or maybe I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe yeah, it went over my head, but woof. It's wow. ten years. It's ten years ago now. I can't believe it's that long ago. I feel like I just bought that album like two years ago. But that's how. You that's, were the guy who bought that. 
Yeah, it's a it's Bob Ezrin produced it. It's a really good album, but not that song. <laughs> That's the skippable one. That is awful. Yeah. So. Oh man. All right. And he's next, sober. Sober. He's Did sober. That, so Been sober can't for. Can't blame the booze. Can't blame one. the booze. Okay, this one is uh, one of my favorite songs from Steely Dan. Dan, here's some nerd rock for you. Never saw these guys live, but you have. I have. Haven't you? I have, and they played the worst set list ever. (laughs) I don't even think this song was played that night. Oh, how do you not play? Again, I'm not going to. stories. I don't even have time to look it up, but I'm going to tell you, I could name nine Steely Dan songs that would be on their greatest hits that they didn't play. And that was the only time I ever saw them, and it was wildly disappointing because of the set list. What was the one hit they played? Like Ricky Don't Lose That Number or something? Um, again, I would have to look. Maybe they played Ricky. I know they didn't do Reeling in the Years. It's just... My old school? Nothing? If Kyle was here, I'd have him look it up. But oh, since I can't, I can't do more than three things at once. Okay. <laughs> well, this is uh, Deacon Blues. Yes, it is. I'm ready to... song seven minutes and 37 seconds I, I never think of it as being a song that that's that's that long you think that was uh they must have a shorter radio edit yeah there's got to be there's got to be a single edit but maybe not maybe those guys are like no that's what the song is you can play it or you don't if anybody would do that it seems like those guys would say that It'd be steely dan <laughs> named after a dildo so that's nice. <laughs> There's that dirty that we're talking about. Uh, so far, Seagull's played two good songs, and I've played two bad songs. Right? You Yes. Okay. Yes. But I like this. I like this mix. All right. Coming up next. Now, I don't know how you're going to feel about this one. You might go, no, nah, that's fun. Or you might go, oh, that's the worst. But uh, this is a little bandstand boogie from Barry Manilow. Oh, we're going to hopping today when things are popping. Pop. I feel the Delphi way. We're going to drop it drop. on all the music they play on the bandstand. Bandstand. We're going swinging, swing. We're going to swing in the crowd. And we'll be clinging, clinging. And floating high as a cloud. The phones are ringing. Ring. My mom and dad are so proud. I'm on bandstand. Bandstand. And I'll jump and hey, I may even show with my handstand. Because I'm on, because I'm on the American bandstand. When we dance real slow, show all the guys the You're dancing, so you must approve of it. I was bopping to it. I was bopping to it. I, I got to admit, I boogied. Uh, I boogied a little, but they, uh, what year did that come out? Because they started using that on the show in the intro and then like the throw into a commercial and, and coming it's, back. Uh, 1975. Okay. From the, did it chart or did it just go right to the show? I don't know if it charted. Trying to get the feeling is the album. That's the big one. You know, yeah. with the, and uh, that's the one that I have autographed by Barry. It's catchy. I mean, let's let's admit it's not cool. But it's not it's cool. No. Okay, I'm it's gonna put fun, it. In, I'm gonna put it in the good. I'm gonna put it in the good column. Um, it's as hard as 
Barry Manilow rocks. Right <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> liner notes on the remastered Barry Manilow albums are all done by David Wilde, friend of the show, and friend, because I could call him right now, so that's a friend. That's great. Whether he'd admit it or not, he's my friend. <laughs> how, how great would it be to get Barry on the show? You know what? I, I've been looking around, mm-hmm. but there's no, some, there's just some artists that don't have a contact button on their website. So it's difficult to try to track it down. I want to say he lives in some ranch in Montana or something I like that. I think he's in Palm Springs. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. that would make absolutely more sense. Yes. At least for a winter home. Yes. But I heard he has some big ranch somewhere. And he's been with the same partner for like 40 years. Right, right. And just came out as, uh, as gay, what, like three or four years ago? Did, was that it? Yep. It was, it was oh, a shock wow. to, to all of us. To your, to your mom, probably. <laughs> yes. Pilar, <laughs> Pilar always talks about how her grandmother would watch the Barry Manilow specials and just thought he was just the best. Why hasn't he found a nice lady? Yeah, he's such a nice young boy. He could meet someone. He's playing. You just watch like Rosie O'Donnell and just say, why hasn't she found a nice man? (laughs) Settle down with. They don't don't see it. They don't don't see see it. it. You know what? Maybe that's good that they don't. That Ellen should get a nice husband. (laughs) Ellen's had a couple of husbands, but they've been (laughs) ladies. Okay. What's your next tune? This one, I don't know if you'd call it a great song. Uh, this one I forgot about. It's a deep cut off Blondie's Plastic Letters. Yeah, I don't remember this I either. I got to admit, I completely forgot about it. Yeah, me too. And then when I dialed in blues on the old iTunes, this came up, and uh, I didn't love it, but I thought it was interesting, and uh, so I threw it on the list. This is Bermuda Triangle Blues. All right, here we go. And, and in parentheses, Flight 45. 45. Debbie Harry, peak Debbie Harry. Her voice so sounds funny. great. It's so funny how they, like when that came out, that they're a punk band. How punk was that? How angry we you know, that was, it was an odd, it's an odd song that there's no real chorus. No. You know, there's, no, there's nothing to sing along with, really. Yeah, when you, when you can look back on so much music, we, I've said this before, the Ramones is, is, sounds like music that could be played on happy days now. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you know, Kiss is not dangerous music in 1970. It's not the devil worshippers, those guys. It's not dangerous at all. The kids in Satan's service. They wouldn't even put Highway to Hell in stores because of the name. (laughs) Yes. You know what I mean? Just and everything they say about hip hop now is exactly what they said about rock and roll in the 50s. It's all too dangerous, too black, too, you know, too sexual, too. All of it. Same exact stuff. Yeah. I don't even know what's dark anymore. I don't know. I don't know. I don't no, know. I don't either. All right. Where are we putting that? Is that the good column or the bad column? I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it, but I didn't, you know, I don't sit there and listen, put that in the mix or any kind of I'm going to uh, put it in the good. I'm going to put it in the good column though, because. All right. 
because we we didn't hate on it. That was on the border for me. All right, you brought up uh, you brought up ACDC with Highway to Hell. This I love this song. This one is from 1977, Let There Be Rock. This is a song called Bad Boy Boogie. This is Bon Scott era when it was dangerous. Come on, play, MP3. <laughs> you son of a bitch. This thing's not playing. Oh, here it comes. couple weeks ago, Schmidt and I were talking about uh, ACDC and about the Brian Johnson era and about the uh, Bon Scott era. And what we came up with was the Bon Scott albums have a dangerous feeling to them. You know what I mean? There's a little bit of danger because Bon Scott felt like he was like a, you didn't know what he might do. And the Brian Johnson era albums have more like of a fun party feel to them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I mean... But you can picture either singer singing songs from either era. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not the case of, say, Van Halen. Right. Like Dave and Sammy couldn't sing each other's songs. There's maybe a couple that could. Sammy could sing. <laughs> Actually, Sammy could sing yeah. a and lot I, more of Dave's parts because Dave can't sing well. Yeah. But And I find that ACDC fans will say that they like both singers, but they might have a favorite. But like Van Halen, people will go, I hate Sammy. Or yeah. I hate this, but well, because the sound changed a lot. Yes, I mean ACDC, it's still the same song mm. <laughs> for and, for fifty years, and they do it well, and they, that's it. You know what you're getting. And the biggest factor is, if Bon Scott, if they just replaced Bon Scott, it would have been different. But since Bon actually passed away, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like yeah. he got kicked out and they replaced him, and then right. he didn't start the Bon Scott band, right? And then uh, and then fans would fight, but. Um, so much easier to replace, well, not easy to replace him, but yeah. much easier for Brian to step in. So that's a good song. That is a good song. It's that uh, they, they got that one song. God damn it. They do it well they, for 50 they, years. They refuse to stop playing that one song. <laughs> you think they'll tour again and when all this is over? Yes. You yes, with I Brian do. Johnson? Yes. Okay. I think everything's. Is he deaf or not? What is his deal? Um, he was having hearing problems, but he I saw him on the. Um, big interview with Dan rather. And, uh, and he said, he's all good now. Oh, he good. got these, uh, he got like some hearing, uh, enhancement things that he wears and everything's good. Well, all those singers now they wear like earpieces in both ears and you know, yeah. I, I guess it's just to hear themselves really. Yeah. And then, uh, um, all be deaf, right? You would think Townsend's so. Deaf Jeff Beck. I heard is just like, <laughs> at least tinnitus. And it, it's gotta be, 50 years of that, like in front of like Marshall Stacks, yeah. it's got to be. My hearing, my hearing shot from headphones and concerts. Oh, I think we're all going to have hearing problems. Yeah. My grandfather worked in a steel mill his whole life. It was just like, you couldn't hear a thing. 
Nothing. We, and we, we've had it easy compared to that guy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen to us. And we're, oh, my, my, I can, my, oh. My, my amazing earbuds are too loud. <laughs> All the times they went and had front row seats at amazing concerts. Uh, I had one of my best friends in high school. He went to a Scorpions concert, and he was on the side of the stage next to the wall of amps. <laughs> and, I, and, and I think he's convinced to this day. He still has like hearing issues in that one ear that was facing yeah. speakers. That's when the bands really put real amps on there. They didn't put like hollowed out ones for show. Oh no, no, those <laughs> were real. Torched, torched. Yeah, that's that's. Do you rough. bring? Do you wear? Do you bring headphones now or ear plugs now? Yeah, I do. the uh, The loudest, the loudest. Iron Maiden. Sh- Iron Maiden was number two, but the loudest full concert was when I saw. Um, Adam Ant at the... Oh, right. uh, that's what you said. Yeah, at the Fonda. Is that the one that's across the street from the Pantages? Is that the Fonda? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. Like, Suzanne uh, Dillingham had to go and grab, like, uh, uh, napkins, and we rolled them up and put them in our ears because it was brutal. It's a small space. You don't need much sound. It was so... It was debilitating. <laughs> Seriously, if she wouldn't have brought those, I couldn't have stayed... Where, where we were, I would have had to go the whole way to the back. We're in the balcony. It was Did rough. you poop yourself? Did you poop yourself? Poop no. <laughs> it, was, oh, come on. it was That's a great a show. Story. It was a great Just show. Say you pooped yourself. You pooped your pants. That's and then, and then, Mike, I just shat myself. <laughs> there. <laughs> That's the punchline. There you go. That's how you button the story. Are we moving on with uh, this we'll band that I've never heard of before? Kasabian. Yeah. This is a, uh, an English band. They're part of the Britpop thing in right. the 90s. And they found their way into my iTunes somehow. I don't remember how, but yeah, they're a good band. And this is a, a, a song called Butcher Blues. All right, let's hear it. Off their self-titled album. Giving that another check in the good column. I think you're four for four. Yeah, that's a good song. Yeah, and they've had, I'm trying to find out, I can't remember what their, I'm having an old man moment of what their biggest hit was, but you would know it if you heard it. <laughs> and I can't, uh, I can't dial it up right now. No worries. But anyway, yeah, Kasabian, I think they're still around. Now, this next one, Mike, is from Lou Reed. From 1979. It's from the album called The Bells. And this song is called I Want to Boogie With You. Hate it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Give it a chance, Mike. Come on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I knew it. It's a seagull stinkaroo. Hey, Bridget, baby. Don't you think you might give me a chance? Town for some love and romance And I know I ain't nothing I ain't worth but a thin guy 
Christ. Oh, boy. Lou Reed. All I needed to hear was Lou Reed from 79, and then I was out. I was out. <laughs> Lou Reed is either brilliant or horrible. <laughs> like, there's no mid-ground. It's either like, oh, my God, I love that song. Oh, I, I hate know. that. But that song, this album, The Bells, I don't know if there's anyone out there that likes it. I, it's terrible. You and else came out around this time. What's that? Metal Machine? Rock and Rule. Rock and Rule, which is the animated movie that I sat through and I told you about. Yeah. And then you actually said that you liked. I didn't mind it. But there's a, there's a- Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. An animated uh, film called Rock and Rule, that's R-U-L-E. It's got music by uh, Cheap Trick, Blondie, uh, Lou, Reed. Lou Reed, and uh, Iggy Pop. And, and, that, and I saw that lineup and I'm like, I'm in. I thought it came my, right around the time of heavy metal. It's got like that which, Ralph Bashke-like you know, animation. Yeah. I thought the animation was cool. I didn't mind it. And then the, uh, the, the story was, oh, I know. But and I'm, so, it, yeah. Uh, I'm, and everybody's just kind of like this hybrid dog. Yes. Rat yeah. Animal kind of thing. Yeah. Cause it's post apocalyptic. Kind of yeah. And the drummer, and, the drummer looks like Bunny Carlos and the guitar player wears a baseball hat. So it's like Rick Nielsen and, and the singer's kind of like Robin Zander and. Yeah, and his convoluted uh, kind of wizard, sure. famous rock star named Mock. Mock. M-O-K. Yep. And Mock likes to rock. by Lou Reed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's literally that. My name is Mock. I like to rock. And he's like, oh, God, Lou. Horrible. Is it, it, it's as good as Phantom of the Paradise, though, right? I didn't see Phantom of the Paradise. Uh, you should check that out. Oh, and I That's w- not on Amazon, amazingly enough. I will tell you this. I watched a great documentary last night. It's called De Palma. And it's uh, it's about Louis De Palma from Taxi. No, it's about Brian. <laughs> it's about Brian De Palma, and they literally go through. It's great because they just set a camera up. There's just one shot of Brian De Palma. It's much like the shot like I'm seeing of you right now. Uh-huh. And he just goes through every movie from his first to his last. But they never change the shot, and they don't do any cutaway. You know how sometimes in an interview there might be there'll be a shot like this, and they might cut over here or whatever yeah, for yeah, what, yeah. or zoom in. It's the same it's shot. It's a steady the, shot. It's the same, and it really works. And they got the rights for clips to every single movie. So it's, oh and God. he, and there's okay. such great stories. I'm sure. Just Scarface alone probably has enough there's, good stories. I mean, Untouchables, Mission Impossible, Carrie, um, uh, Body Double, uh, Blowout, Dress to Kill. There's just, watch it. And it's, it's free. So just uh, he look. Also, he also made one of the biggest turds of a movie that I had to review what a TBS I did the junket for. Wait, is it the is it the Mars movie? Yeah. Mission was, to Mars? Yes. It's terrible. Awful. Yep. Awful. And I had to uh yeah, I had to interview I not him, 
But I think Morgan Freeman may be in it. Uh, I think Gary Sinise is in it. I think Don Cheadle's in it. Oh, an amazing cast. And and the uh, the junket was great. They yeah. they rented out this whole space. They had like a Mar- like a Mars rover, like an actual one. Yep. All these amazing props. And I was like, oh, I'm going to look forward to this movie. And it was bad. I think the thing he said about that movie, he's, he said, you have to go, when there's all these special effects like that, you have to go and you watch it. Like you'll see, you watch it and it won't have the special effects. Then they'll call you in and they'll just have added a little bit. Then they'll call you in a week later and they've added a little bit more. He said, and it's exhaust. I guess he said it's exhausting. He said, I don't, yeah. he doesn't know how guys like George Lucas and Steven Spielberg do it because that's just not the way he wanted. And after that movie bombed, I think that's when he moved to, uh, he moved out of the country and never made a film here again. Oh, really? Has it all been? It's all been in other countries now. Yeah, I mean, you got to imagine. I mean, I mean, you could talk about the effects, but I mean, the effects are great now, no matter what. Right, I mean, right. If you're bitching about the effects, now you're nitpicking because it was just the story sucked. Oh, yeah, he said the whole and thing, just, he didn't like the it. The whole thing was terrible. The script was bad. Yeah. And, and the actors looked bored in it. Yeah. You know, it, it was, everything went wrong. <laughs> but the cast was amazing. I was like, I get to talk to all these guys. I was like, ugh. He, he, uh, Ooh. I think it was Scarface he talked about. He goes, they were going to give it an X rating. So then he would take some, edit some stuff out and then they were still going to give it an X rating. And then he would edit some more stuff and they're still going to give it an X rating. He goes, and after doing that three times and they told me it was still going to get an X, he goes, well, then I said, well, if it's going to get an X and he put, put every, he put it all back in <laughs> and then I never got it. And then I, I don't think it did get an NC 17 or I think it was still R. Yeah. It got a, I want to say like a hard R or something. It but that's only something that, so, that's what someone, that's what you say. It's a hard yeah. R. There's no such was, thing. Uh, but that was the huge thing. It was so gory and violent and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And, and when did it come out? It came out in uh, 80 mm-hmm. or something. And I was still, I think I was pre-high school yeah. then. So I, 83 it came out. So I couldn't get in. I yeah. was in high school, but I, I maybe I could get in. But we wanted to see it so bad for that reason because we heard it was, Supposedly, people were walking out sick, but you know, I'm sure that was all part of the. It was all hype. Yeah, you know the the big shootout scene. Mm-hmm. He said the first day they're shooting that, um, Al Pacino grabs the barrel of the gun and burns his hand, and then and then they lot then they didn't have him for two weeks, oh. till his hand healed. So he said, so we had to shoot all the other guys without Al being there. He goes. He goes, so we just had a blast. Like Spielberg came to the set and we just came up with all different, how many different ways can we shoot these guys shooting at Al Pacino? And and, it, and then they just show a montage of just guys blowing up and it's, it's, it's <laughs> falling off the railing. Yeah, he, he's like, climbing we, over the wall. He goes, we couldn't shut down. We had to do something, but I, I highly recommend you watch that documentary. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. But I've been watching a ton of rock documentaries. So oh. I watched one last night as well. What'd you watch? And again, I got burned by another cheapo thrown together one, Uh-oh, who was, was it for the, uh, it was the parliament funkadelic one it was called tear the roof off which i was like i didn't really know too much mm-hmm. about them did you learn and anything I learned a little bit i did learn some stuff but you can tell it was there's well there's, first of all no george clinton in it wow they did have rights to music which was a step which was good but no george clinton no bootsy collins no interviews even from the late members like the good one like bernie Worrell or yeah. hazel or any of those guys nothing Wow. So it's a lot of old, bitter bandmates that basically Clinton screwed out of money. And he screwed them all out of money. 
All of them. So that I learned a bit about that, but there was some definite bitterness. I mean, he, well, they must need money if they set down for that because they probably got two hundred bucks. Yeah, they just bitched. They just bitched, and it's some of it was a pretty sad story. But uh, he like he was so coked up that he signed rights away, like publishing rights, oh, terrible uh, for other people's publishing rights to like the coke dealer. So the coke dealer would get credits and like song credits and publishing rights. Twenty years later. That this guy, it was it was nuts. Huggy Bear's getting it. Huggy Bear's getting a yeah. credit. Oh god! And I did finally watch the Linda Rodstadt one, the good one. Yeah, it's yeah, great. it's good. Yeah, it's but sad. Sad, that, sad at uh, the end when she's singing. She's sitting there on the couch. Yeah, the one thing she loves to do is sing, and it's taken away from her. Yeah. Parkinson's disease and yeah, uh, rough. But yeah, I've watched a bunch. A thanks, bunch of them. yeah, thanks, universe, <laughs> taking <laughs> away Linda's voice. All right, next. Same age as Trump, she is. <sighs> that guy, still ticking. But can he sing? No, never could. Poor, poor, pitiful me. <laughs> Tumbling dice. The best. It's the best song. The best. It's the best song. It's the best song ever. You, you can't deny it. <laughs> All right, what's next for you? This is a band I'm not that familiar with, but when I hear songs by them, I enjoy it. Um, you still have my, I think my Rhino double disc. I believe set, I do. Right? Yes. It's a good compilation if you want to dive in. It's, a, it's two CDs. Uh, this is NRBQ we're talking about. So Rhino came out with a collection called Peekaboo, which is basically all the NRBQ you need. They were pretty quirky. Much bigger seemed to be on the East Coast. They were like an East Coast New England band, it seemed. New, new Rhythm and Blues Quartet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm great musicians. But never really had a hit. They wrote, no. you know, me and the boys that were covered. Yeah. You know, Dave Edmonds covered that. And so they never really had a hit themselves, but they're more of a cult band. But this is from that. This is called 12 Bar Blues. All right. 12 Bar Blues by NRBQ. Good. Seagulls yeah, got so all. Ever the... wondering what they meant by twelve bar blues? They counted it out for you there. Yep. <laughs> yes, they did, and they uh, and you got uh, you got five good songs so far. Yeah. You're thank win- you. You're winning. We're even putting the Bermuda Triangle one and the Blondie one. In yeah, there. because it's not terrible. It's not Lou it's Reed not terrible. terrible. It's just you know, it's not great. Yeah, but yeah. it's not like I want to boogie with you or just go bloodbath boogie fever. <laughs> yeah, that Alice Cooper boy. Yeah. I got to look at him in a new light. <laughs> Oof. Mm. Oh, if the uh, documentary is also the Michael Hutchins one called Mystify. Oh, I haven't it's watched that good. yet. Is it great? It's great. It's uh, sad, of course, but good. And it's, it's and what makes it sad? I mean, I know he, I know he killed himself. That's yeah. sad. But is it sad up to that point, or is it sad? No, no, no. Because it's of that, interesting guy, you know, and really talented, and just kind of like. But one of the reasons, I mean. That, or kind of a reveal here and not a spoiler, but 
one of the reasons that he had this depression is he was in Amsterdam with his girlfriend in, I think it must have been early 90s, I think, and uh, got into an altercation with a cab driver. The guy hit him, and he fell back and hit his head on the street and or fell forward or whatever it was mm-hmm. and got brain damage, basically. He had damage to, like, the nerves in his frontal lobe that he couldn't taste or smell. Ugh. That's rough. And so the last five years, it just led to, you know, your taste and your smell are pretty big senses to yeah. lose. Right. <laughs> and, it's, and it affects it, it, depression and all that stuff. And they said also he got all of a sudden had like violent mood swings and was angry and got really down. And, and, and his band says he wasn't the same guy, uh, didn't write the same. That's and, rough. And it, that led to, you know, this kind of down, downturn. And then he like hook up with Bob Geldof's wife and she ran away with him and they were like the tabloids and just I remember that, yeah. In 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 Britain and so it was just all kind of led to this kind of sad thing. Yeah, okay. Then that yeah. That is sad. Yeah, that's a rough thing. But up until then it was flying flying pretty high. Up until then, hysterical. Yeah, yeah, it was going pretty well. But you forget what a great band they were. Oh, we don't forget, Mike. Yeah. They are a great band. And talk about a guy that holds all the keys to the, you know, yeah. to the He's car in the, band, in the house done. and every, yeah. Yeah, that's brutal. The one guy you can't lose. Yeah, the one no, guy you the can't drummer, lose. No. The drummer leaves, you can. Yeah, yeah you that can guy that plays drummer. saxophone, you can't. Uh, <laughs> right. He can't get in a fight with a cabbie. Oh, yeah. But interesting. So that's worth checking out. It's called Mystify. I will check that out. out there. Now, this next song needs no introduction, Mike. I'm just going to play it. All right. Hey, I ain't putting no boogie in nobody's butt. That's nasty, man. What you talking about? Putting boogies in people's butt. <laughs> you out your mind or something? You go to jail for doing something like that. Well, step aside, my friend, I've been doing it for years. I say, sit on down, open your eyes, and open up your ears. Say, put a tree in your butt, put a, a bubble bee in your butt, put a clock in your butt, put a big rock in your butt. I say, put some fleas in your butt, I say, stop to sneeze in your butt, I say, put a tin can in your butt, I put a little tiny man in your butt, I say, put a light in your butt, I say, make it bright in your butt, I say, put a TV. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. I can't, so, uh, I can't call it a stinkeroo because I, I laugh. I can't, I can't call it a stinkeroo either because <laughs> Eddie it's, Murphy. it's so... Put a little it's, tiny man in your butt. I mean, <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. Like, Put a big rock in you your butt. Put a clock in your butt. I mean... <laughs> and then when he says, oh, man, you, that's nasty, putting things in your people's butt. You get arrested for that. And then just, it's just ridiculous. I, I remember that was the last track, I think, on his comedy album. Yeah, and was that, it on the comedy album? Yeah, it was. Or was it a, like the flip side of? Uh, no, it was. A, it was the last song on the, party all the, the last, time. No, I think it was the last song on the comedy album. I think oh, that's great. But um, and I remember when that played, I was just like, like I played it for all my friends, and I was in high school, and I'm like, listen, and we all laugh like idiots. It's so stupid, but it works. It works. Put a TV in your butt. Put me, me in your butt. <laughs> How's there not a video for that, Eddie? Let's get on it. Yeah, I know. There's one for party all the time. Well, that's a real song, though, Mike. Yeah, yeah, I guess. 
that, that guy yeah. still wants to sing. I know. That's what, the old saying. It's like actors want to be rock stars and rock stars all want to be movie stars. I feel deep down Eddie Murphy's probably very jealous of Jamie Foxx because Jamie Foxx did win an Academy Award. Jamie Foxx is really funny. Jamie Foxx has had successful singing singing career. And Jamie Foxx was a trained musician, I think. Yeah, I and think so too. At least can play piano and stuff. But, yeah. But I think Eddie Murphy was ripped off. He should have won the Oscar for Dreamgirls that year. He was good. Who won? I wonder who won. I can't look it up. I think it was Alan Arkin for Little Miss Sunshine. If I, I'm was, just going off the top of my head. He was good too, though. He was good, but yeah. I don't know. I think that was more of a sentimental pick. Yeah, probably right. And I I think they're always wary of giving comedians anything. Like you're intruding, Mm -hmm. whether it's Jim Carrey or Eddie Murphy, you're always just kind of seen as a... As a buffoon. As a buffoon. And I think maybe Steve Carell will probably suffer from that. And Even though they're all good actors, they can do drama. It's sure as hell harder than go the reverse. Yeah. To try to, you know, serious actors to be funny and they can't do it. Yeah, Judy Dench, let's lay down some comedy. Yeah. See how that goes. All right. Hilarious. You you got a super group on your list. And I wish these guys made more music. I'm sorry this imploded. Yep, just two albums. I don't like this album. This Velvet Revolver and the album was Contraband and yeah, Slash and you know, all the ex Guns N' Roses guys. Yeah, Matt Sorum. It's great. And Scott Weiland, and boy, that Scott Weiland. Scott Weiland. He must have been a gigantic pain in the ass. Oh, tell me. Yeah, it must have Slash and um, and Matt Sorum. They they must have been bummed out because they ju- they just got done working with the biggest asshole, Axl yeah. Rose, and they're like, let's do a band with this guy. He seems fine. Yeah, aside from the heroin. Yeah, he's again heroin doesn't make for uh, you know bands sticking together. No, no, that never works out, right? Well, you talk about like well, by the way, that was Sucker Train Blues. I never said the name of the. And I give you a oh. I give you a, a a hashtag in the good column. But him, it's another kind of uh, Michael Hutchins situation. Yeah. That it's like there was such great... I did see NXS live, and, and in NXS, he was just a great front man. Charismatic, you couldn't take your eyes off him. And Scott Weiland was the same thing on stage. He was just really charismatic, sounded great, looked yeah. cool. Thin, got his hair. Yeah, just cool. And All the uh, things you need. Blew it, blew it. All right. Oh, well. I'm going to go to 1977. This comes from the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. This is KC and the Sunshine Band. They got some boogie shoes.
That song's only two minutes and 17 seconds long. Is that it? That's it. Great. So I had to go through, when I was going down the list, there was probably, in disco alone, maybe 10 boogie songs that I had to whittle down. I was like, unless I bring in a ton of boogie, because there was that one. Yeah. KC alone had boogie, oogie, oogie. Yeah. Did he? Was that him? No, that wasn't him. No, he had... um, uh, yeah, Boogie Shoes. Uh, but shake your boogie. Oh, God damn it. Now I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah, look it up. I like this. I played, was, I, I played all my blues songs and you played all your, uh, well, no, I played all my boogie songs while you played your blues songs. In a minute, we're going to switch. Yeah, there was, um, well, you had like Boogie <coughs> Fever, uh, bo- Boogie Nights. You had all this disco songs alone. There was so many. Yeah, you throw the word boogie in there, it's automatically a disco song. Oh, boogie, boogie, yogi, was a taste of honey. Boogie Wonderland. I'm your boogie man. That was the KC Sunshine Band. I'm now your you. boogie man. Turn me on. Yeah, so <laughs> many. So many. All right. And so you- I was just like, unless I make a boogie fever by the Silvers. Remember that one? I do. Awful. Actually, it was good, but there was so many, so many. So unless I wanted to make this a total disco list, I didn't. No, you did good. I just chose one for later on. Well, you got one blues song left. Let's hear it. Oh, all right. This is from uh, Tom Petty's album, debut album. Yep. This is Hometown Blues. 1976. Great song. Still can't believe it. I think it's been three years now that we lost Tom Petty. It's just the Ugh. worst. And you talk about short songs. That song's two two minutes and fifteen seconds. Yeah, that's that's two seconds less than uh than the boogie song I played, Boogie Shoes. Oh, and all the disco ones, the absolute the stinker I hated was Get Up and Boogie by the Silver Convention. Because <laughs> he had the silvers and he had the silver convention. Get up and boogie is the are the only lyrics in the entire song. Was, Get up and boogie. And that was it. That was was it. The whole thing. Was silver the official uh, color of disco? Yeah. You had eyes back then. You saw it. (laughs) True. All right. So, never in a roll. Did you have a roller rink in your town? Mm, Yeah, we did have a roller skating. I'm not good. I can't roller skate. I can stay up, but I can't like move and groove. Yeah. Yeah, But did you go? We used to go. I didn't like it, but that's where the girls were, so we had to go. I think I went twice. We we had we had dances like Saturday night dances at the YMCA, so that's where I would go. And then you could with the fellas, just you and the you you and the village people would go down there to the YMCA. Yeah. We'd hang out, and then you know, and then you know, go to the bathhouse later in Holidaysburg. We would be too too scared to ask girls to dance, but then we finally would. <laughs> 
it would go from it would go from I'm too scared to ask her to dance to then the middle of the night you finally do and then you're over at the uh, you're over at the baseball field in the dugout making out. That's how yeah. that was. It's like why didn't I ask her an hour ago? I could have been doing this for an hour more. <laughs> you were actually making out in the dugout like fast times style. Yeah, there was like yeah, there's, there's a baseball field right next to the YMCA, so you go over there to the dugout. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> She's gonna be somebody's <laughs> All right, I'm moving into my blues songs, and the first one I got is from the Black Crows. This is called Struttin' Blues. That's the show I'm really sad I missed this past year because of the pandemic. Oh, they were coming back around again? Yeah, uh, 30th anniversary, I believe, of yeah of the Shake Your Money Maker album. That was a great... Uh, I love that uh, bio from the uh, drummer that you oh, gave me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good... Black Girls drummer. Yeah. He great pulled... stories on that. And my favorite story, it's too long to tell on here. I mean, I don't know. We want to keep this going, but I'll tell it to you later about, like, you want to talk about exasperating <laughs> bandmates. I mean, those Robinson brothers, I mean, they did everything they could to just shoot that band in the foot. Well, I think the, I think the reunion is basically the Robinsons and then some hired guns. I would, I would imagine because nobody else could stand them. But man, they, they, just, <laughs> they made some great music, though. They did. They did. They, no, they sounded great. Shot themselves but in the foot. I have a foot. great story from that. It would be, it would be a, a, a spoiler for the book, but it's... It's hilarious. Next time. Hilarious. Next time. Yeah. All right. Um, and then, by the way, there was a, uh, on uh, 88.5 out here, they played, there was some new released, well, no, uh, an, not new, but an old song from the Black Crows off the, uh, the second album that was recorded during the time of the Southern Harmony and Musical Companion that just got, I don't know how it got released or something. Recently, like this month. I, are you and sure that's not a? Are you sure it's not a new song? It might be a new song. I don't think it's new. I mean, they they built it up that this is. It was maybe an outtake, okay, or uh, or something from the um, Southern Harmony sessions or something. But it, it was right. amazing. All right, cool. They built it up the way. So well, th this month they are releasing the or when this airs, it'll be the last month. They are releasing a a thirtieth anniversary double disc edition of that so maybe it's going to be on there probably maybe it's on there maybe yeah. that's what it is but all right, cool. i wish i had the name of it right now but you brought it up all right i'm gonna get my boogie songs i'm gonna get my boogie on pat all right i'm, in, I'm you into know i like the boogie i know you do and you wear your silver you, you got some silver in your hair <laughs> i got some silver in my hair that's how i boogie now uh so this is uh from the great johnny rivers this made the top 10 in uh or the top 100 in 1973 this is the rockin' pneumonia and the boogie woogie flu. Young man, 
there's a version of that song on the Less Than Zero soundtrack recorded by Aerosmith. And then Steven Tyler changes one of the lines towards the end. He says, I got the rock and pneumonia and Joe Perry too. <laughs> he name checks yeah. his bandmate that he doesn't like. Does Johnny Rivers ever do any originals? No. I mean, I, that was, the original from that came out in uh, 1957 from a guy named Huey Piano Smith. I thought Johnny Rivers was an old-timey guy. Is he not? I think he's still alive, I believe. I mean, he was, he was basically the house band at the Whiskey-A-Go-Go in the okay. 60s. And so, you know, he, but all his songs seemed to be, he had this uh, Chuck Berry covers, you know, he had that song. Yeah. You know. So he had a career, but. Yeah, I mean, I saw when you, when I saw the, the name on your list, I'm like, oh, I've heard that name, but I don't know the music. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I, so, queued, um, I, queued, I queued up an old-timey guy to follow that. This is uh, this guy's nickname. He's the Big O. It's Roy Orbison. Big Orgasm? <clears throat> oh, I'm yeah. sorry. This is Mean Woman Blues. Shapely hips, yeah. Boy, she makes a royal feel. I got a woman, be nice she can be. A couple times I think she's all me. Well, I ain't bragging, it's understood. Everything I do, well, I sure do it good, yeah. They say that if he would have been better looking, he would have been as big as Elvis. Yeah, he was great. What a voice. What a voice. Few people have like that distinctive voice. Yeah, and he writes the song he writes the songs. I don't like Elvis didn't really write the songs he sang, did he? No. I don't think he wrote any. Yeah, so see? Yeah. That's so, a difference. Yeah, you gotta put Orbison in the uh, Johnny Cash box. Yeah. You definitely. know, they didn't look the part. They weren't gonna be teen idols no. ever. But yeah. But they, you know, wrote and were talented. Carl Perkins was in there. I believe I've outlived Roy Orbison at this point. Really? I think he died when he was like, uh, he might have died at 52. Oh, God. No. I'm going to look it up. No, because, well. <laughs> you'll, be, the, you'll be surprised. Right after the uh, Wilbury's first album. Yeah, maybe. He was in his 50s. Now, I'm going to tell you so right now. Older, though. 52, Mike. Oh my God! Yeah, he was born. We did, in, we did it. We outlived yep. Roy Orbison. He was born in thirty-six and died in eighty-eight. Jesus, I know. Isn't that crazy? Well, there's. I'm a, still. I I can't go get over the fact Cicely Tyson just died. She was ninety-six. Ninety-six. And um, I, what, I thought she was twenty years younger. And Cloris Leachman was ninety-four. That's wild. Yeah, to live to live that long is really wild. Yeah, I mean. God bless him, but I, for some reason, I didn't think Cicely Tyson was that old. Then she must have looked great. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Because, I mean, I, when I saw her birth date, I was like, what? And by the way, Johnny Rivers, I looked it up, still alive. How old is he? Uh, he was born, hold on, 1942. November of 1942. So he's 77? He's outlived no, Roy Orbison. He's, he's, he's outliving Roy Orbison. Yeah, he's doing great. 
Actually, his song Summer Rain was, was one I love, but Memphis, Tennessee was probably his other big hit. Again, Chuck Berry song. <laughs> so, God made a good living. But, yeah. You know, yeah, Whitey. You don't always have to write the songs. Yeah, Whitey stealing the songs from the black man. <laughs> yeah. It's an old tale. Or your George Clinton, black man stealing from the black man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, this is a classic. This is not going to go in the stink column. No. This is from the great Stevie Wonder, Boogie on Reggae Woman. And I can't say this album title, Filling This's First Finale. Well, filling This First Finale. It's hard to say. I have this album, though. One of the, one of the big ones. I like to see both deep in That was in that time in the 70s when reggae was taking off around the world and Bob Marley was hitting and mm-hmm. like everybody was trying to do Red Stones were into it and yep. everybody. It was, it was everywhere. Taking off around uh, Britain. All of it. So, And that was also that era where like Stevie Wonder could do no wrong when he had that run of albums where it was like talking book, fulfilling his first finale and then songs in the key of life. He was just untouchable. Songs in the key of life came out in 1976 and um, I joined the Columbia Record and Tape Club in 1977. And uh, that was one of the selections I purchased because I was a big uh, Starsky and Hutch fan. I was 13 years old. I, Starsky and Hutch was my favorite show. And, um, and that was the album that Starsky would always play when he had uh, ladies over at his apartment. <laughs> so, uh, so that's Gets why. Gets the job done. So that's why I bought he pulled it. Out, did, did he pull it off the shelf? Did he put it in yeah, 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 yeah. an orange yeah. cover yep. off the shelf? Yeah, yep. you got to have I, that. I don't know what side he played, but he played. Now, the reason I brought that up is because uh, two days ago, I watched um, the pilot episode of Starsky and Hutch. The pilot? I watched the So about 75, 76? Uh, maybe it wasn't the pilot. Maybe it was the first. I remember it was like a made-for-TV movie. And then, so I watched the first episode of the series. All the characters. And, and um, I, I still d- did enjoy it because uh, I get a kick out of those two. I thought it was uh, set in New York. But it, no, it's out here. It's in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, for some reason, I always thought it was set in New York. But um, yeah, it was fun. And I, I have to be honest, watching um, Paul Michael Glazer as Starsky, I found that I, I think that Mel Gibson took a lot of of what he did in there for his Martin Riggs character in, uh, in Lethal Weapon. Like, I could see a lot of stuff. I'm like, wait a minute. Suzanne Summers was in it. She played a go-go dancer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I never thought it was, like, in New York, just only the fact that those car chases. You can't, you can't drive a Torino like that. No, I, no. You know, in New York City. I think I always thought, I just kept thinking of the opening credit sequence where Hutch, uh, where Hutch jumps in the hood of the car, and that's, like, in some, you know, crappy alley. So I'm like, oh, that's New York. By the Did way, they start the series with them meeting, or they were already 
partner. The series, they're already partnered up. Okay. So it's not like, you know, we see their backstory. Right. No, no, we don't see any backstory. Uh, what I will tell you, you know, Mike, as far as reggae goes, uh, here's something from Ario Speedwagon. Oh, no. Oh, no. If you like reggae. Okay, that's a live version from 1989. If I go to see Ario Speedwagon anytime and they play their biggest hit as a reggae version, uh, I'm, I'm pulling seats out of the arena. I mean, are you kidding me? One of their, one of their biggest hits and they're going to play it like that. The stones would do that shit all the time. And the police, didn't they do that all the time? Police started out. It was kind of like, uh, they had a lot of, yeah, they would have like some hybrid songs, but Ario Speedwagon, that's what that is. Ario Speedwagon has no business dipping a toe in reggae. You can reggify pretty much any song. And they have. I like that reggify. (laughs) <laughs> That's when you sing it like Ronald Reagan, right? Yeah. Well. You're Reagan uh, fight. Ooh. Uh, it's time for me to fly. <laughs> Nancy. That's uh, a terrible Reagan. Well. Actually, not. It's serviceable. It's serviceable. If you were, if you were on stage at a one-nighter and you pulled out your Reagan. We'll do that with our bad trumps. People would go crazy. Uh, okay. This is from 1968. This is Neil Diamond, Velvet Gloves and Spit album. This is the Holiday in Blues. Half a day from nowhere. Hurry to get there. 90 miles an hour. Two Plymouth wagons. Yavis later gave with a smile. Tom is getting up tired. Max will make it all right. Ken's sleeping back. Artie's reading the map It's taking us where we're headed to We should be there soon There's that sign up ahead Wash my face and get fed And that voice in my head Keeps on saying I'm lonely But I'm only paying my dues Holiday in blues that was only 57 seconds of the song, but it felt like we've been listening for three hours. <laughs> I don't mind that song. I don't mind it either. Yeah. I really don't. Okay, I put it in the wind column. You, you can put it in the wind column. Oh. I mean, for Neil, Neil, Neil's done much worse. My favorite line is, Artie's reading a map. Because <laughs> he's just saying what they're all doing on the tour bus, and he's like, Artie's reading a map. Artie's reading a map. You mean Kyle, right? Car- yeah, Kyle, of course. <laughs> yeah, our friend, uh, our friend um, Terry Nunn from Berlin. <laughs> yep, Artie. Actually, it's Kyle. Nah, I'm going to go with Artie. <laughs> Never has Artie. there been a more uh, misheard name. Close? Not a Kevin. Of, not a not a Lyle. Nope. Not a Kevin. Nope. nope. Never. Nope. Misheard from Artie. from the first second. I love it. Um, Artie to me. 
Hey, we talked about this artist earlier. Your next artist is Elvis Presley. Yes, and this goes way back to the Sun Records years. This is a 50s, cool, young Elvis. Hip, cool. Again, stealing from the black man, but still cool. This is Milk Cow Blues Boogie. For the way she Hold it, fellas. I don't move me. Let's get real, real gone. Well, that's not staged. Well, I can tell That song has blues and boogie in the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just, uh, you know, that's going back to him, Scotty, and what a three-piece band. Yeah. You know? I've been um, I've been listening to Lee Rocker's solo catalog so much because it is really some stellar rockabilly stuff. I, I can't believe it. You know? Yeah. No, no, it's great. I, I, he's just, he's the real deal. Those guys really do live that that music. It's great. I like how uh, Lee Rocker said, like, yeah, I'm not one of those guys who dress the part, like, you know, because some people do live it. Yeah, I've seen those people. Slim Jim Phantom still lives it. Yeah, they wear, like, the greased-up do, they get the pompadour, they drive, like, the old cars, they wear the clothes. I mean, they live it every single day. Yep. So Lee just kind of puts it on for the the show. Yeah. He's like, I just like the music. Well, he said, he said, uh, he goes, I'm wearing a hat right now, but I do have a pompadour underneath this hat. That's what he said. (laughs) Oh, and you yeah. know they got the tats. You know they got that too. The, yeah, he's got the tats. He's probably he's probably got a muscle car in the garage. He's got one. Sure. All right, seven Chevy out there. This next song, Mike, is by a band that I've just come to really loathe, <laughs> and um, you know, part part for uh, for for humor, but part because I just think uh, I, I, th- this music just doesn't hold up to me. And it's uh, the band is Huey Lewis and the News. And, oh, okay. And this song is. Honky Tonk Blues. Here we go. Hey, you. It's a seagull stinkaroo. I mean, to my ears, I just feel like Huey Lewis from The Jump has always made music for your dad. And that's, <laughs> and that's coming from a dad. I just think the, the production is generic. It's just, there's no heart. There, I know. It, it, ironically, there's no heart and soul to that song. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, it, it's, it's so vanilla. Yeah. My other, jo- you, my, my other joke is uh, Huey Lewis is known for having a big crank and his music has no balls. <laughs> 
What were you going to say? All crank, no balls. The, um, did you get the mashup that, that Murray sent? Uh, oh, the, yeah, uh, yeah. That was Metallica and Yuri Lewis. Yeah, those, those are fun. It's funny, That's though. Fun. It's like someone it sent... added some balls. It gave me yeah, some balls. Yep. It's funny, those mashups. Like, I never listen to the whole thing. I'm, I, I'm yeah. in for like 60 seconds. Then you get the joke. You don't need the whole thing. No. <laughs> no. no. But, it, but it is amazing how seamlessly it blended between... I can't remember. Enter Sandman and what was the... I forget what the song. I forget what the song was, but the Yui song that they mashed it up with. But um, or maybe it was "I Want a New Drug." Maybe maybe it was that. Or I can't it be square. One I of can't those. believe how much time people have on their hands that they can. Well, they have time on their hands now. But these people that actually put those things together, it seems like quite a chore, right? It's a real skill. It, I mean, yeah. the ones who do it well. I mean, it's pretty good. Although Kyle, if uh, as far as like images, like if I say, "Hey, can you can you take this and put it put these two images together?" He does it in like five minutes and sends it right back to me. Right. How did you do that? That's when the old man comes out. How did you do that? Yeah, like the Bernie memes. It's like a miracle. Like the Bernie Sanders memes. I know. Like, how quick did those get flying? I'm like, every time I see those, I laugh for a little bit. Yeah. And then I go, oh, yeah, I should know how to do this. Yeah. It doesn't and, seem like it'd be that hard. I haven't figured out Photoshop. Right. And some, some are great. And then some are not. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot that's... The, the people just threw it together so quickly. It doesn't look good. Yeah. But this, the ones that are great really hit it out of the park. <laughs> right. Hopefully this is something we'll still be talking about in March when this drops. Uh-huh. <laughs> March. What's your next like, song? Bernie memes. How old is this? I know. What? Uh, okay. This one. Oof. <laughs> Boy. And you know what I'm about to do. This is an artist we both love. The yeah. great Elton John. Mm -hmm. And this was, I think, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I think we can describe it maybe the lowest point in his career i'd say i mean in in lists of albums this one was it street what no what was the name of the um victim of love victim of album. love 79 i believe he doesn't even play piano on this he doesn't, he doesn't play, play piano he just sings he doesn't write any of the songs just showed up and sung it's basically a disco album when everybody was trying to make disco albums Yep. I think he showed up for, you know, a couple of days in the studio and just, you know, probably coked out of his mind and just wandered in and just and laid down these tracks. And this is uh, it's bad. It's bad. It's called Street Boogie from Elton John. Let's hear it. Where, where I got to I got to queue it up. Yeah, I got to queue it up. Hey, you. It's a seagull stinkeroo.
your first bad one. That's terrible. It's really bad. I mean, that's like if Huey Lewis made a disco song. <laughs> right. Right? He could yes. do it. I mean, it, it's that vanilla it's and that generic. That bad. Um, true or false, Steve Lukather plays on this album. Does he really? Yeah. Oh, wow. On one track. <laughs> well, he played on everybody's album. See these, all these albums, CDs behind me? He plays on all yeah. these. <laughs> he plays on all of them. I mean, I, I find it hard to believe there was live instruments on that at all. I know, right? You know, that's a computer and a, and a synthesizer. That's nothing. And Elton's voice, and that's it. I just showed up. God, he must have hated everything. I bet he forgot about it the minute he walked out of the studio. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Put no effort into it. Nothing. It's what do a, I got to sing? It's on the sheet there, Elton. All right. I actually bought this album last year because I, it's the only one I didn't own, and I had never heard it. So I purchased that thing, gave it a listen. Mm-hmm. Don't ever, ever, ever don't have to listen again. <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? I don't know. I think it was cheap. I'm hoping it was cheap. Um, I'm this, hoping it was. I mean, I know you don't like to. I know you like to pay for music. Yeah. But come on, that thing's 41 years old. Elton needs the Elton money, Mike. The, yeah, he's the richest man still in the world. I mean, if you're gonna take something <laughs> off the internet. Take the worst album yep. of 40 albums yep. from a guy. I didn't buy a brand new album. I went 41 years ago and bought You're that. out of your mind. And Elton I disco can't get you to listen to anything I send you. <laughs> but you got to buy. Got to buy that. That. Victim of love. Hey, and I, how about the glasses on the cover? The how about gigantic. The crazy 80s yep. Grace Jones. Yep. He might have, I think he has a hat on that album, maybe a big hat. Hey, Elton, could you take your glasses off for the shoot? No. Where's, what, what am I reading? Nope. No. Yeah, and you only we only have them for twenty minutes. So whatever you can get <laughs> is what you get. Uh, this this is one of my favorite bands. It's a band you like too. It's the Kinks. It's from nineteen seventy four. This is the period where every album was like a concept album, and I do like this album as a whole. I don't know if you pull individual tracks out how they sound, but this is from a soap opera, and this is Rush Hour Blues. <laughs> He gets up early about seven o'clock. The alarm goes off and then the house starts to rock. In and out of the bathroom by seven o three. By seven ten he's downstairs drinking his tea. So put the shine on the shelves. Rush me, baby, while I'm using my brush. Get a move on, darling. You're cutting it fine. Cool it, baby. I got plenty of time. So put the shine on the shelves. Now, look, in, in conjunction with the rest of the album, it works because, you know, they're, they're telling a story. And this is this guy's mundane life is beginning every, uh, every Monday. So, I don't um, mind it. I didn't mind it. And also, he, he's on purpose, he's doing that, the easiest blues riff you can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> so for me, I, I, I do like it. I, I like it. And that's a good album. Yeah, I didn't hate that. From a, I didn't hate that. From a period of, their, of the kinks that I don't enjoy that much, but I do like that. Well, what were the other concepts other than the Village Green Preservation Society? Uh, let me look to the uh, Schoolboys in, in Disgrace. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Preservation Act Volume One and Preservation Act Volume Two. Um, 
I guess those are like the four that came back to back to back. And then, then the 70s came and they started to rock again. They became an arena band. But yeah, those albums well, the 80s are, came, right? Because those were all 70s. Yeah, but then the first two albums in the 70s, Sleepwalker and Misfits, are, that's when they're, they're starting to rock. Right. Clive Davies. Dancing was like 83? 83, two? I think, 82 or 83. Yeah. And that was, that boosted them, huh? Yeah. All right. Back to you with right. some boogie. We're almost done, folks. I know. And this is a, okay, this is a good disco song. I know you, uh, you're uh, aversion to Michael Jackson now, but this was when he was with his brothers. This was young. This is he's 78. Still, I, think, I think he's still maybe pure of heart. Yeah. It's right before he went and did uh, Off the Wall, his solo album. Yeah. And you can see where it was leading. I mean, this is great. He didn't need them. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. He doesn't he need, need them. His brothers. Uh, no. So this is a great jam, roller skating jam. This is Blame It on the Boogie. I said it before, Jackson 5, that was my favorite uh, band when I was a kid. Yeah, they were great. I love the Jackson 5 albums. And nothing, you know what, what people from San Francisco hate? When you call it Frisco. And they rhyme Frisco with disco, and they're like, eh. Yeah. I can just hear everybody in San Francisco, we don't call it that. Why don't they like yeah. that, Mike? I don't know. It's just something outsiders do. <laughs> That's you know, the, how they recognize outsiders if they call it Frisco. That's what tourists do. I put it in the bed. Nobody from San Francisco says. No, says no one Frisco. does. Just like when people here call it the City of Angels, it pisses me off. <laughs> you want to throw down, you call it City of Angels. Or Chi Town, it's Chicago. Not Chi Town. Yeah, no one says Chi no Town. <laughs> In Chicago, they really don't. Plus, wouldn't it be Chi Town? C H I would be Chi Town. Well, we don't call it Chicago. That's true. Okay, you got me. <laughs> uh, this is the other song from Exile on Main Street, which I do not care for. Not just the other song, but another song I don't like. Right. This is Ventilator Blues. Ah, I mentioned it before. Yeah. When you yeah, this just doesn't do anything for me. I don't really like the first three Rolling Stones albums because it's when they were just doing blues covers. Yeah. Like there's not an, once they started to write their own material, I'm all in, but yeah. I mean, I know they love it. You know what I mean? That was the music that they loved. So I get their enthusiasm for it, but I'm just, and I'm just not a blues guy. What about you? Do you like the blues? Well, having grown up in Chicago right. and having it just beaten into your head and, and it was such a part of the culture there. Mm. I appreciate it, but 
it, it, it comes to be like jazz after a while that the only people who can appreciate the nuances in it are other musicians. Exactly. You know, and to a lot of the audience, it just sounds the same after a while. The blues has a roof. You know, there's certain chords <laughs> and progressions and the 12 yeah. bars. And the, you know what I mean? That after a while, it just becomes kind of plotting. And then the lyrics that were never that big a deal. I mean, you can yeah. simplify it. One guy with a guitar. You can you know, electrify it, which is what Chicago was known for because they electrified the yeah. blues, you know. But after a while... <laughs> you Let's, know, it has a roof, and you know how it inspired all those great bands that we love in England, yeah, and all the music we love, right? But you know, the the kids now are not influenced by it. They, right. they don't care about Lightning Hopkins or whatever, like no, Eric no. Clapton did, no, or, or you know, Howlin' Wolf. And so, I don't know. They're influenced by the people they were influenced by. So I don't. You, you don't want it to go away, and it's never going to go away, I guess, because it's, it's the way you learn guitar and learn these instruments. Yeah. I want to you know, get the hashtag trending. Uh, hashtag the blues has a roof. <laughs> it's a good hashtag. Yeah, it's a ceiling. That, that glass ceiling you hit, you can only do so much with the structure. Yeah. And after a while, you're just, you know, you're, you're it's stuck. stuck. It's so the same. And, you know, we would end up in those, those blues bars in Chicago, like the Kingston Mines and stuff. And they're amazing places. Yeah, to hang out. To, to go, but, you know, after a few sets. <laughs> yeah. And now a new guy comes up and he does his version of it. Mm -hmm. and, best, yeah. ex best experience live, I think. Like for me to throw a blues album or CD on, just, that's never something I'm never going to do. No, and I have the alligator uh, I found when, when I got all my CDs from. Right. You know, I have the, Alligator Records in Chicago. Like a compilation? There. A big compilation, a 20-year compilation. It's a great sampler, and really, that's, that's all, all you, need. you need. I'm never doing a deep dive on the, on the blues. <laughs> it's like, well, okay. A few artists, there's Coco Taylor, you know, there's you know, all these guys. And, you know, but then, that's enough. And I never listened to it. You're right, I never. No. And I don't want to hear Eric Clapton do blues. Or no, Eric, and when, you know, you know, um, Aerosmith did a blues album, Honkin' on yes. Bobo. I don't like it. Uh, the Rolling Stones, their last studio album just a couple years ago was a blues album. I'm not, it's just not into it. No, no. No. And that's the thing. And every jam session is blues. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hey, come up and do some, because you can slide into it in and out and everybody knows where it begins and ends. And yep. yeah, not so, a fan. Let's get on with some boogie though. It's got a roof, buddy. <laughs> It's got a roof. The blues has a roof. Hashtag. Yeah. Well, this is a song by the Bee Gees that I forgot about as well. And I think it's from their, um, what's the one where they're like pilots? Yeah, Children of the World. Children of the World. They're wearing like the leather bomber jackets. Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't own this uh, song, so I just went, I just bought the whole album. <laughs> this is the one that came out right on the heels of Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, I right? think so. Yeah, or right before it, maybe. Was it right before? It's it? 76, and I think Saturday Night oh, yeah, Fever is 77, before. so it's right so around the same time. This is that wasn't full on disco. This is more of like jive talking. Mm -hmm. it's, kind of, it's more funk yeah. than disco, you know, which I liked about it. So, but I forgot about this one. This, so this is called Boogie Child. Don't put me through it. 
Bee Gees. Yeah, the Bee Gees. That's, that's not disco. That's, that's funk. funk. Yeah. The Bee Gees have some questionable album covers for sure. <laughs> yeah, they do. Some quite not always the best album covers. They're always windblown. Yeah. You know, that was, you know, big fan blowing the hair. That, now, uh, no, that was good. That was the funky when they moved to Miami and had the, the that jive talking era. Yeah, they yeah. changed their sound and yeah. But what they didn't hadn't exploded, exploded yet. And then they did. And then they did. Um now I just we just went on a whole rant about how I don't like the blues. And here and we I, go. And I wouldn't play a blues album or anything. But I gotta tell you, in nineteen seventy eight, a couple of guys from Saturday Night Live <laughs> introduced okay. me to the blues and they performed it in a way I still to this day I own all three of the Blues Brothers albums and I really enjoy whatever you want to call that they did with this music but I really enjoy it and this is B-Movie Boxcar Blues Dakota ride in South Dakota With two girls in a light blue to soda One's name was Jane The other was plain But the both had a Motors. Next I caught a ride with a gambler's wife She had a brand new laid down rambler She parked inside of town Laid the rambler down She said she sure could dig it in my road I'm doing my best to get back to you Ain't nothing I'd rather do Look for me Sunday Gonna be there, honey It's something special just for you Special just for you well, I had this album too. Yeah, this I think, briefcase full of blues. Yeah, right? I think they rock it up a little more. Is what they do. It's not yeah, so. These are all classic R and B songs. I mean, Sam and Dave songs. Yeah. You know, they did Soul Man and all that other I, stuff. Yeah, I think they do. A, I think they do a great job. I really do. Well, they had an amazing band. Yes, an amazing band, yep. and and John Belushi could sing. So. Yeah. Yeah, and then they would do like the dances and the antics, so that you'd get some comedy people would enjoy it too. But I. I listen to these albums top to bottom still. I think yeah. there's Made in America, there's the Blues Brothers soundtrack, and yeah. Briefcase Full of Blues. I mean, Steve Cropper and Duck Dunn alone. I mean, that's the yeah. that's the Muscle Shoals rhythm section. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tom Scott from the LA Express. Yeah. Paul Schaefer. Guys. Murphy. Matt Guitar Matt Guitar Murphy. Murphy. And without Matt Guitar Murphy. <laughs> Woman. Um, Steve Jordan on drums, who would be a yes. great guest. Steve Jordan on with, drums. Played with everyone. Everyone. Yeah, he's an expensive wino. Yes. Keith Richards mm. stories alone. I do got to get... Uh, I get He'd I get, be a great guest. He would be a great guest. Uh, okay, you got one more. and then I got I, one more. I chose the playout song, and I think you're going to approve of it, and I'll let you know okay. when, when we close out. And I think you're going to approve of this one. This is speaking of oh, documentaries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is that little old band from Texas. Call it about the tube snake book. I don't know what they mean by the tube snake. I don't know either, but... I, it blows it right over my head, that reference. I thought you were going to say it blows. It blows, yeah. She's the one that really gives down when she boogie. She do the two-state boogie. Well, now boogie, little baby. Boogie, boogie all night long. I got a gal, she lives on the block. She kind of funky with a pink and black sock. She likes to boogie. It's 
from the album El Loco, the same album that features Pearl Necklace. Yeah. That's what happens when you do the Tube Snake Boogie. <laughs> They're loco. They're crazy. They're El Loco. Oh, and this album cover is terrible. It's just, it's <laughs> awful. It's terrible. Which one is this? Is it is one when they're... It's um, like they're out in the desert, like the by desert, a big rock, yes. and then there's a, a guy, like a bandito behind the rock with like a, a gun, and they... Are they wearing like work suits or jumpsuits? Yeah, I think they're wearing like mechanic suits yeah. with cowboy hats, and then the be- I, this I is when the beards are happening. Yeah, yeah it's um, it's not good. No. That's no, a band I just, I just got into that band last year. No. I, last year? I had never heard like a ZZ Top album, top to bottom. You're kidding. So, even in even the Eliminator, no, even when they were on I mean, I heard the, every five seconds? I mean, I heard the six of the ten songs on the album because they were all hits. But I mean, yeah, I had you never like... deep dive. You you didn't go back and like listen to the old stuff? Not back then I didn't because uh, it's so much easier. It's so easy... It's so much easier to get music now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really is. So I bought this box set... It was like 40 bucks and it had the first 10 ZZ Top albums. And then I bought the other five like on eBay for like two bucks each. And yeah. um, it's great stuff. That early ZZ Top stuff is so good. Like there wasn't one album I didn't like. There's varying a lot of blues, a lot of blues. It is. But I don't know why. I don't know why I liked what they were doing with it. I don't know. Again, I think it's more of a rock blues thing. They rock it up a little bit. Like when, yeah. when Clapton does it, he just plays it. He keeps it pure. And I don't want yeah. that. So <laughs> No. Um, Clapton never did it for me. No, never my, really did it for no. me. No, Mike, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what our playout song is because I'm going to put it in. I'm going to edit it in after we're done. But I chose, and see if you approve it, from Live at Leeds, The ah. Who, Summertime Blues. Great song. Yeah. Classic. And a great version. I never Was that Eddie Cochran or Gene Vincent? I always get those two mixed up. I think it's Eddie Cochran. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. But let's, let's double check before someone writes you. I had says, four. Hey, how do you. I had four bad songs. You only had one, although I threw that Jackson song in there just because, just to stick, <laughs> yeah. just to stick to my guns. But really, yeah, only five songs. So what I'm going to say, people, is I admittedly will tell you that I was wrong about my theory that if it has the word boogie or blues in it, because you proved me wrong, Mike Siegel. You played some great hey, tunes. We could have both done an entire list of stinkeroos we for all these. That's true. We could have played. I had uh, a whole disco shit list. <laughs> Wait, that might that. that might be a that might be a that might be a topic. List. Disco shit list. <laughs> I'm writing that down. Disco shit list. Uh, it's just like all the the sea level disco songs. <laughs> and by the way, it was Eddie Cochran. We were right. Of course, we were. We know what we're talking about. Yeah. We're not. We don't got to look stuff up. We knew that. I'm writing down disco shit list. Just be just hoping that someone will walk by the desk and see it. <laughs> And say, what's Disco Shit List? All right, Mike, let's do some promoting. You still host the Travel Tales podcast. How many years now? Oh, I think this year would mark, uh, later this year would be 10. It's crazy. I can't believe it. But half the episodes that I have, because you do it every other week. Yeah, I've been doing it every other week now. So nice, casual, fun. Yeah. (laughs) Non-profit. (laughs) <laughs> that's the way i keep it pat non-profit but having that podcast led to uh led to the wall street journal kind of and they yeah. put and they they put they gave you a credit for that so maybe people maybe your listenership will go up i hope so and i do have to thank murray for uh 
introducing me to the uh, editor years ago. Yeah. Who was a friend of Murray's. So, and she thought of me for, for the article. So that was, that was nice. So yeah, it's out there. Traveltalespodcast.com. And we're on all, wherever you can get your podcasts. There's so many different, there's Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, you can get Spotify. them. You can get them everywhere. So I, I, I always just give Art19 out and, yeah. and Apple Podcasts. Yeah. But I mean, you can get it everywhere. Podcast, you can get like when people say, "Where can I hear your podcast?" It's just like you Where just want to, yeah, you just want to <laughs> slap them in the face. You can get everywhere. You can get it everywhere, but your car radio. Google That's my Google my name and Rock Solid. It comes up like first in the Google search. It's it's pretty yeah. amazing. Um, well, I have no uh, I have no. Uh, Live gigs to plug, Not yet. for sure. But, you know, we're just kind of hanging in there. Uh, I know. It's a, when do you think you might have a, la- a boat again? When would you feel comfortable? After the vaccine, of course. Yeah, I don't... Uh, it'll be a while, you yeah. know? I mean, yeah. luckily, I'm not in a position where I'm, I'm desperate enough to have to get back before it's ready, but... No, you're smart with your money. You're a single guy and smart with your money. Well, I'm also, I don't need to be the first of anything. I don't need to be the first guy flying. I don't need to be the first guy back on the ship. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Why don't you work out the system first? You know, whether it's, you know, whether it's about testing, what the mass situation is going to be. They're yeah. socially distancing people in the crowds, which is comedy death for a live audience. Yeah. When you space people out, um, right. it's hard enough. But when it's not, when it's a half-filled room and people sitting all over the place, I mean, it's... That's going to be hard, man. So yeah, it is going to be. I don't know. Let me ask you this: This is off topic, but kind of on topic. Because how soon after nine eleven did you get on a plane? Um, I want to say it was. I think that Christmas, so maybe a few months later. Yeah, I, we flew in October. It might have been sooner because yeah. I was on the road still. So I, I, I know I probably had some gigs. I had some gigs to cancel. Uh, I think I was still doing some colleges then. So I had some uh, gigs canceled, but I, I remember it was either Thanksgiving or Christmas. I did go back. Yeah. And I remember flying over New York for the first time because I had just moved. Uh, from that New must York have been strange. A few years earlier and to fly back over it and not see the towers. Yeah. Because those are the first two buildings you saw. Yep. Luckily, you had your. Uh, yeah. Luckily, you had your disco shit list on your iPod. So that got you through. <laughs> I did. I <laughs> did. Um, Hey, this is over the bumps that that shit list. This is good. And this, uh, I just got an email. Uh, Dave Perner is a go. Hey, so when you hear this episode, folks, I think Dave Perner is next week. So soul asylum, soul asylum. He's good to go. I just got that confirmation. So that's exciting. Um, congratulations. Thank you. We are rock solid show. I am at Pat underscore Francis. Go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show. And again, I keep telling people, I dropped 92 episodes in 2020 because to give you extra content during the pandemic, I was dropping episodes on Mondays and Thursdays. So if you're listening and you've been listening, and I'm not talking about the people that already do it. I mean, anyone who's been listening and has never done this, head over to patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast and click that $2 a month. That's, that's 50 cents a week. It's, it's 24 bucks a year. Do it. It'll change my life and you'll feel good about yourself. So Mike, it's a thank- good pitch. It makes me want to give you some money. <laughs> I won't. No. But- <laughs> uh, hey Mike, thanks for doing this. It's not as fun no as problem. when we're in person, but, uh, and normally, um, 
I would have just had Mike come over because we've done it with Murray and Christy and, and Schmitty and Siegel. But right now it is so crazy. It's, uh, it's January 29th and it's so crazy in LA right now that none of us can really take the chance. Even though when we do it in person, we stay apart and we mask up until we're recording. All, we do all the stuff, but it just feels like we shouldn't do it right now. Yeah. And the, so, I mean, the hospital beds are full. So, I mean, that's, that's the big issue. Yeah. But it's also yeah. rainy and, you know, it's LA right. and it's we, all we that don't stuff. like to leave the house. Right. We, we don't, yeah, of course. Rain. But, um, and, when, <laughs> and my you car know, might get, you know, wet. Or but I do, I do miss, um, I do miss recording in person. And uh, the last in person, uh, if you want to say musician or celebrity, God bless you, Mike. Stop, see how I see you. it's rainy and yeah, flu yeah, getting, cold and flu season. The, uh, the last in person musical guest I had was uh, Leif Garrett. Oh, wow. And so when we so long ago, I know. So when we get out of this and we're back in person, the first celebrity music guest I'm going to have is I'm going to have Leif Garrett here because he uh, he lives right close to me. Oh, I and so I know he'll come to the house (laughs) and that'll be fun. So that's my plan, folks. And, you know, I'll make it happen. He might live at the house uh, if you just stay here. (laughs) 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 All right, Mike, that's it. Thanks a lot for doing this. And everyone enjoy Summertime Blues.
You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.